There is no nobility in poverty. They're selling, Mortimer. Well, that's ridiculous. You're talking with dangerously. You've got to spend it. Spend it all. Oh, it's only money. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Welcome to Essentials, a financial primer show brought to you by the FinPipe Network. I'm your host, Jeffrey Williams, and this week we're taking a look at cars, specifically from a financial standpoint, whether it makes more sense to purchase one or to lease one. We'll cover topics such as amortization, who actually owns the car in purchasing versus leasing scenarios, as well as interest rates, amongst other topics, all with the intention of making your next car decision that much easier. When you're leasing a car, the decision should be based on the financial attractiveness of the lease compared to borrowing the funds to buy the same car. Pretty straightforward. However, evaluation of the attractiveness of a lease is much more than a simple assessment of the proposed payment. Remember, lower payments do not necessarily mean a better financial decision. Let's start with leasing versus buying, the main issue of ownership. The major legal and financial difference between leasing and buying relates to the ownership of the car. Obviously, purchasing means the ownership of the car remains with the purchaser, although financing might be registered against the car as collateral for a loan. The purchaser owns the car, but agrees to secure the car loan with the car. When the loan is repaid, the purchaser owns it. However, if the purchaser fails to pay the loan as agreed, the lender has the legal right to seize the car, sell it, and keep the proceeds. Defaulting on a car loan will negatively affect the purchaser's credit rating and potentially complicate their eligibility for loans in the future. With a lease, however, the leasing company owns the car. The leasing company contracts with a leasee, you in this case, to use the car for a lease payment over the term of the lease, subject to certain conditions. At the end of the lease, the leasing company still owns the car, but the leasee might have the right to buy the car at this point, depending on the terms of the initial lease agreement. Now let's discuss amortization. The repayment or amortization of principal is the most important difference between a loan and a lease. A loan must repay its entire principal over its life. That's it. There's no exceptions. However, in a lease, all that needs to be paid back is sufficient principal to equal the value of the car at the end of the lease. The value of the car at the end of a lease is called the residual value. And this value is the key factor in deriving the amount of the lease payment. Let's forget about interest rates for a moment and keep it simple. Consider the purchase and finance of a $30,000 car. Well, with a loan, we would borrow the $30,000 and then repay the principal over the term of the loan. With a three-year loan, we would pay $10,000 per year for three years. Uh, But let's contrast that with a three-year lease. The leasing company looks at the car and projects how much it thinks it will be worth in the three years. Let's assume the car will be worth $15,000 at the end of the three-year term. This means the leasing company could sell the car for $15,000 when the car comes off lease. The leasing company, the owner of the car in this scenario, only has to repay $15,000 in principal since it assumes a sale value of the car of $15,000. Now this means that they only have to provide for $5,000 per year in principal repayment over said lease term. Now, uh, lease payments versus loan payments. We should be able to see by this point why lease payments are usually much lower than loan payments since they repay far less principal over the same period of time. In our example, the loan repaid $10,000 per year in principal, where the lease only repaid $5,000 per year due to expectations of $15,000 in residual value. There's that word again. We can also see why there are mileage restrictions embedded into leases, since high mileage cars are worth less and will reduce the eventual sale proceeds to the lease company. 
If the lease company is expecting $15,000 in residual value, but high mileage has reduced the, re- the realizable sale price to about $10,000, the leasing company be at $5,000, not going to be too happy with that. Now, buyout clauses. So on leases, buyout clauses are determined by the mathematics of amortization. If the leasing company projects the car will be worth $15,000 at the end of the lease, they obviously won't be setting the buyout price at anything less than that and lose money. They will set the buyout price above the outstanding principal balance at any point. The higher, the better from their point of view. Now, interest rates. In terms of a loan, interest rates have a major effect on the cost of lease financing. Since the outstanding principal balance is paid after the interest is calculated, higher interest rates result in higher lease payments. Think of the example of a $30,000 lease. Simplifying things to annual payments, there would be a $3,000 interest payment after the first year with an interest rate of 10% and $1,500 with an interest rate of 5%. This would make a total payment of $8,000 at 10%, which is the $3,000 interest plus the $5,000 principal, compared to the $6,500, $1,500 interest plus the $5,000 principal, combining the interest payments with the $5,000 principal payment. The interest rates charged on leases vary with the leasing company's costs of financing. Most automobile dealers have access to the manufacturer's captive leasing subsidiaries like Ford Motor Company LLC. The dealer sells the car to the leasing company that then leases it to the customer. These auto finance companies borrow money in the capital markets to finance their leasing portfolios. This means that leasing rates move up and down with interest rates in the bond market, actually tracking similar to term bonds quite closely. In Canada, the banks were originally restricted from financing leases, although these restrictions have since been lifted. So all of that being said, what are the advantages of leasing a car? Your motivation is important to the decision, and that's probably the main point being made here. If you like to change cars frequently, it's probably better to lay the depreciation and market value risk off to the leasing company. Will the car be tax deductible? A lease allows the full deduction of principal, which makes for a higher payment and higher tax deduction. As in all things financial, it does pay to shop around. A lower dealer price means a lower lease payment. Pretty straightforward. But take a look at the purchase price for the car and then compare between dealers on this basis. Compare between a lease and an outright purchase. The interest rate is important too, so ask the dealer for the interest rate implicit in the lease calculation and compare this to one from another dealer or financial institution. But above all, remember that cash flow is king. That's been our show for this week. If you're interested in learning more about this and other financial topics, head on over to thinpipe.com, like our page on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter. Thanks for listening.